Good morning, and welcome to this episode of Enjoying an Encounter with Our God. This morning, we will look at the story of the 10 versions and a revelation that God gave me regarding this story. To be honest, it shook me a little bit, but as always with our God, He is hope. So we look to Him as our source and our strength. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we examine His Word and then pray into it. Lord, we exalt you and magnify you for who you are. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for how you lead and guide. We invite you to reveal things to us and take us to higher places in the spiritual realm of understanding than we have ever seen before. Open our ears, O God, to hear clearly what you are saying as we open our hearts to be soft to your word and those things that you would speak to us. We open our minds to see and know and understand that which is not so obvious. Thank you for your love and goodness. Thank you for your presence here and now. Thank you for every partner that prays through these things for our homes and country and nations. Lead us to pray your heart with wisdom and care. Amen. Our challenge question today is, have you ever thought about how much time we spend waiting? It seems we do so much waiting in our life, waiting in line, waiting on the phone, waiting for a washroom, waiting at the lights, waiting for a job promotion or to get the new house or vacation, whatever it is, waiting is supposed to build character. I remember reading James 1 and saying to God, this actually feels like the opposite. It feels like waiting wears us down and brings disappointment and sometimes hopelessness. But James 1 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I asked God why I felt like I was becoming less patient with trials And was I really supposed to feel joy? And of course, he had me wait. (laughs) And he said, really read it. It's an instruction. We are to count or take into consideration and consider it joy. Not necessarily feel it joy, but knowing that it will produce. Production is a process, not an instant. So the patience may not be evident at first, but as we learn to yield and surrender We are inviting process and letting patience or endurance have its way, and then it will perfect us. It's easy to get frustrated in the waiting. It's easy to become despondent in the waiting. The trick is, where do our minds go? What do we do with our thoughts during the waiting period? Do we organize them in an orderly fashion that's pleasing to God? As in the scripture, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight? Or do we let our thoughts go any which way depending on the circumstances? So if I get what I want, then I'm going to rejoice and be happy. Or if I get the fulfillment of a desired expectation, then I'm going to thank God and consider myself blessed. Just recently, I had been wanting to go to the States to see my children and grandchildren that I haven't seen for eight months, but I had a funny feeling and I was bringing it before God and saying, okay, Lord, what do I do with this? And am I supposed to go? Right then I got a text actually that was bringing up a job and so I couldn't leave. So I had to say, okay, Lord, this is not the answer I wanted, but I asked you and you showed me now is not the time. So thank you. So it's okay that my heart was grieving the fact that I still can't go and see them. However, I have to respect that God answered 
And so not try to push for my own way and actually be grateful. Like, thank you, Lord, you answered my question. Recently, after a a phone call that I had that was very disheartening, I had spent the rest of the day shaking my head and, and going to Jesus without even realizing it. I was repeating his name out loud, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I happened to be playing cards with my parents. My father thought I was remarking on the hand of cards that I had. So he gently corrected my use of using the Lord's name in vain. I actually had to chuckle, assuring him it had nothing to do with my hand of cards. I had been having a conversation in my head with God and hadn't realized that I was repeating his name out loud, but I was talking to him about this conversation that left me feeling sad. Later that night, as I continued my conversation with God, I was talking to him and suddenly he brought up the story of the 10 virgins and he presented me with a thought brought to my attention that nowhere in his word does God talk about the five ready virgins trying to convince the five virgins that hadn't brought enough oil that they should go fill their tanks. It's not up to the virgins that are ready. With that realization, I actually wept. And yet again, where do our thoughts go? I had to realize that God is God. And so if this is what he's showing me, then I have to trust that he's going to take care of the virgins that aren't ready. He's going to, his Holy Spirit's going to work and do. It's not my job. So I read the story again, and this is what it says. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came, Lord, Lord, open the door. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, they were all the bride of Christ. They all had lamps and looked the same and were waiting for the groom. But in forgetting more oil, it reminds me of thinking that we we can't think uh, that we can live on last year's sermon or Sunday school stories from when we were children or even revelation from last year. The oil represents the anointing and the selection of God on us as kings and priests, the holy presence of God. We are God's holy kings and priests, and it's only as his presence is with us that we are marked as his. And without holiness, the Bible's very clear, no one will see God. So dad and I were rejoicing, um, sorry, dad and I were chatting in the sauna the other day about perseverance and why some people keep serving God while others stop. He reminded me of a man who had just come to know God years ago. It happened to be hunting season and he had asked God to help him catch a moose, but he didn't catch one. So he stopped going to church and stopped serving God. So dad asked, what is it that motivates us who are still serving God to keep pushing through in faith, to keep expecting God to move and looking forward to his outpouring, even when we don't get what we want? 
my response was likely the same as all of you whose hearts have been broken over the years at many things that haven't gone the way that you wanted or haven't come to pass, but still are pushing through to love and have faith in God. And the answer is that our love is not dependent on us getting our way, but rather in caring more about our God than ourselves. For all of you who are standing in faith, waiting, persevering, believing, take heart that you are wise. You are of the five wise virgins and you will be welcomed into the wedding feast. And and as we know with God and his word, he's the God of restoration. He's the God of recompense. He's the God of victory. So we can look forward to all of that this lifetime as well. As for the other five, we again surrender that to our God. And instead of trying to carry it, we pray and leave it in God's hands. So let's do that right now. God, we thank you for being God. Thank you for your holiness and righteousness and truth. Thank you for your word that teaches us daily. We count everything that we are going through right now as joy, not necessarily feeling the joy, but we consider it a joy that your word is true and that we will grow in patience and perseverance to see your goodness in the land of the living and to see the fulfillment of your promises since your word assures us that not one of all your promises to your people, the Israelites, failed to come to pass. Your word assures us that God gave rest to his people Israel just as he promised, and not one word failed of all the wonderful promises that he gave through his servant Moses. We declare as the psalmist, teach us your ways and we will walk in your truth. Give us an undivided heart that we might continue to fear you, O God. We thank you that though some things are long in coming, like the five wise virgins, we are keeping our oil full through recounting your word, through faith, through trust, worship, and praise, and expecting that all that you've spoken over our lives and our families and our country, you will bring it to pass. You are the God of restoration and recompense and restitution. We exalt you and your word above our feelings, and we take captive every thought, making them obedient to Christ. Father God, you see how many are weary and feel despondent. You see the incredible things that are transpiring in our world and all of it you have known and even told us would happen. You knew how all these affronts to our belief systems, the disparity of differences, the challenges and changes, none of this has thrown you as it has us. Your word instructs us to keep our minds and hearts and eyes set on you. You understand that we're flesh. You understand that we are going to feel the the sadness and the sorrow of what's going on. But your word instructs us to walk by faith and not by all the negative that we see around us. So we lift up those who do not know you, O God, and we ask that you would open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in you. For those who feel broken and weary, your word says that the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. And so, God, we sacrifice our love of our own wants. 
We surrender even our want of ease and blessings and selfish living to you. We ask for blessings, but our love of you is not dependent on us getting what we want, but rather trusting you with the outcomes of our lives. As we call on you and decree and declare your promises of love, provision, protection, all those things that we are entitled to under covenant with you, we entrust the outcomes to your faithful keeping, O God. We rejoice and hold fast to the promise of 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We look to you, the founder and perfecter of our faith, in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Enjoy an Encounter. If you know of others who would enjoy partnering their faith in prayer together, please encourage them to join us on Google, Apple, or Spotify at Enjoy an Encounter. And may you and yours be blessed as you have closer personal encounters with God.